This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. All right, John Giles is with us. Um, John, very good evening to you. Thanks, uh, Joe. We, uh, we wanted to talk today. Gareth Bale is going to be named tonight uh, for Spurs, we expect, up front. Um, and it got us thinking, Zinedine Zidane was talking during the week about how um, he is the Bale is the best player he's seen playing in Europe this year. Yeah. The, the one who's excited him the most. Obviously, Zidane's on the payroll at Real Madrid, so maybe, <laughs> you know, it would have been difficult for him to talk about Messi. But he said um, he makes things look easy. His pace is frightening. His acceleration is unbelievable because of his ability to go through the gears in very little space. Plus, he's very good technically, which is also important. We mustn't forget that he plays football very well. Is this Gareth Bale's peak? Is it? Can he get even well, better? It's, 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 it's hard to know when anybody reaches a peak, Jar, until if career is finished and then you can look back on it but normally for players who look after themselves and keep themselves right about 27, 28 is when they reach the peak I think because they have the experience behind them they've, they've kept themselves fit and they're, they're used to the big occasions and that I think with Bale I think what's happened to him would be a little bit similar to Messi when Messi has come on to his best in the last two or three years since he moved into the middle of the pitch yeah. that, before that as we know he played on the right wing wingers it's very, very difficult for wingers nowadays because they can be, you know where they are and they can be marked and people can double up on them, right? Yeah. But when he moved into the middle, of, and that happened with Messi, I think, you know, no matter how good he was, as a winger, you're dependent for people to serve you with the ball. You can't dictate it from that position. When Then Messi moved into the middle of the pitch. Now he can go wherever he wants. He can go right, left, centre. He can come back for the ball as, you, as we see him do. Now, I think it's been a similar situation with Bale. Bale was playing almost entirely as left winger until maybe last year uh, they decided to put him which as a left winger if you're dangerous you can be marked out of the game again you're dependent on people to give you the ball yeah. but once you move into the middle he's free to go right left and, and he's able to use the ability that he's got because he can dictate things from that particular position you can't from the left wing if you're a winger you have to be patient if the team's not playing well you don't get the ball if you get the ball somebody's marking people are doubling up on you whereas now if you watch Bale playing uh, I know they said he's playing up front tonight, but he has been playing mostly in that position. Yeah, that's mainly because Defoe was injured and they're not sure if... Um, yeah, but he'd he play... He, I think he'd play... I don't think he'd play as an out-and-out striker, Jerry. You'll, you'll find that, well, he's playing up front because Defoe is out. But he'd be playing in the position where he's been playing in recent weeks, where he can come deep, he can go left, he can go right, and it's very, very hard to pick him up and he can dictate uh, the game for himself rather than depending on other people. And obviously he's got a 23... You're coming onto your physical your best, your, your physical powers. Uh, and then if you, if you hold those physical powers in your 28, obviously you should get better because you learn more experience. So he's definitely be at his physical powers now compared to where he was when he was 20 because he's a, quite a lanky lad. Yeah. Now he's got stronger. And obviously the stronger you get, the quicker you'll be, the more control you'll have over the ball. So I, I would agree with Sedan. He's probably playing as well as anybody in Europe at this particular stage of the season. Just looking back at his career as well, there was at one point when he was at Spurs, he was being hawked around. They were uh, ready to send him out on loan to Nottingham Forest. Uh, he was going to join Birmingham for about three million quid. Yeah, that was Harry Redknapp. Yeah, they Harry just, didn't fancy. But he's playing left back most of the time. Jeff, when they signed him, I think they signed him as a left back from Southampton. They didn't sign him as a forward, uh, and I think Harry must have been looking at him as a left back. But that's what maybe two or three years ago. And players can come on, whether it be physically and in, in confidence in that particular time. 
And uh, I mean, he has developed into a really, really outstanding player because of his pace and his finishing uh, is excellent. Like two or three years ago, he wasn't doing that. Is that a fluke that he, he develops that he, or that he doesn't get sent to another team and end up as like... Oh, a, yeah. That's a bit of luck. I mean, if Harry, you can only make the judgment at any particular time. And, and, and when Harry came into the club, we probably looked and said, I don't think this fellow's going to make it. You can't see what he's going to do in two or three years' time. I mean, some players got worse in two or three years. Uh, and in his case, it's been a dramatic improvement. I don't think anybody could see it. Certainly, I'm, I'm only looking from the outside. I couldn't see it. I thought he was a useful player. Uh, but I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have put him in the class that he's in today. And I, certainly since he's moved into that um, you know, centre-forward or centre-position, it's, it's, that's been a big plus for him as well. Although he was doing it on the left wing as well. You know, like we saw him, was he scored a hat-trick against, was it Inter Milan? Or, yeah. Um, and, and he was coming on at that particular stage. And like people, at, the players that have the pace that he has and the strength he has and the finishing power are obviously um, going to be very, very effective. And particularly since he's moved into that position. It'd also be confidence, Chair. You know, like you get players, like a couple of years, he's only 23 now, say three years ago when Harry didn't like him that much. He's only 20. And he might be, you know, he's at Spurs, a big club, he'd be surrounded with good players. It's amazing how that can affect players, that they don't feel they have the authority to go and express themselves. Yeah. And I've seen it with players where they get the confidence and they're, they're a different different uh, player altogether. Again, is that down to good quality coaching and management that somebody kind of says, look, actually, we think you have a future here. We're going to try you in a slightly different position. You know, is it, again, yeah, is it, it... I think the feeling of the manager can be conveyed to the player. I mean, there's nothing worse than playing for a manager who you know doesn't really rate you that much. You know, and in the early days, if Harry wanted him to go or was prepared to let him go, he'd obviously would know this this manager doesn't rate me very much. Now, whether it was luck with Harry, whether he, you know, we put him out and he did it and played a couple of matches and then yeah, conveyed to him that you know I, I made a mistake. I, I I've uh, I do rate you. You know, he's. I mean, Cluffy was the ba- Brian Clough was the master of that. You know, Brian Clough was was a very arrogant guy. And I only had a short spell room at Leeds, but he was very arrogant in the way he was. He didn't praise very players very much, but if he gave a gave a player his blessing, you could see that player grow. I mean, he did it with John Robertson. You remember John Robertson? Yeah. Not as far as John was in and out of the team before Cluffy got there, but he 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 said, "Well, you're a good player," and he really gave him his blessing. And and John Robertson became a great player. I'm not saying that managers can do that with all players, but they can certainly bring out the best of them with their attitude towards them, you know. How did how do managers acquire that skill? I mean, it, again... I, it, I don't think they acquired it, Jared. You the habit. It's it's a personality thing, you know. Um, like, uh, Brian Clough didn't do... wasn't like that because he went into management. He was always like that, apparently. When he was a player, he was arrogant. He didn't get on with people all that much. But he, he had the, the, the ability as a manager, which is a great ability, to for players to try and please him. I mean, I was only with him a short time and I didn't get on with him very well at all. I found him very yelling, very rude. But I actually wanted to please him. From the start? Well, as I got into yeah. the, in, in with him, like, you know, I mean, I didn't get on with him very well at all. But he had that ability and I was an experienced player at that time. And I used to find it strange myself. I thought, I'm trying to please this guy and I don't even like him, you know. But he had that ability. And if manager, it's a great ability to have. Not many people have it, you know. Not many people have the arrogance uh, like that. Um but when they have it and they, 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 they bestow their blessing on the player, these players, that's how he worked his magic, Cluffy, you know? Um, even on senior players, though, like, for example. Oh, yeah. yeah cause oh, yeah, senior players. Yeah, it could, be, it could be ending. He had the ability to control them all. Like, he, he signed Kenny Burns and, and, and Lloyd, who were experienced players, and they weren't, they were supposed to be troublesome. He didn't have any trouble with them because he could, he could, he could 
control him. He was he was he was above them, you know. Whereas a lot of managers be trying to get the best out of players. You know, you see a lot of managers and they say, well, I'll praise them all the time and get the best from them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But in his case, I think it worked for Cup because he he, he didn't really care yeah. about the players on it. Big Jack was a bit like that. As a manager yeah. or even as a... Oh, as a player, he was like that. But as a, when Jack played for Leeds, when I played, he, he thought he was the defence. You know, he thought it was, if we score, were scoreless, it was his, it was down to him. But certainly as a manager, I mean, you saw him with... Uh, he had no, no respect for reputations at all. You know, when he came in, he didn't fancy Liam Brady, for example, and Liam was a terrific player, and he left him out. You know, he didn't, he didn't try to keep in with players at all, Jack. Jack said, well, I'm the boss, and his attitude was, I'll, you're a good player because I'm the manager, not the other way around, you know? Yeah, and again, some players did play better for Jack Charlton than they maybe would have played. Obviously, the team that he had had a load of very good players in it, but even some of the lesser players played well in international football for him. Yeah, we, well, to be fair now, he, he, didn't, he didn't have many lesser players, Jack. You know, we, we had the best squad of players that we ever had. I mean, if you go back on that particular time, if you take the centre-halves, for example, Mick McCarthy, Paul McGrath, Mark Lawrence, and David, David O'Leary, yeah. Kevin Moran. You know, we had, uh, we had, a, we had a, a unique selection of players at that particular But that's the way Jack was. I mean, even those players who were top-class players, they wouldn't, Jack wouldn't be nice to them. He would, he would be in control of them all the time. Um, just to get back to the, the players peaking we were talking about some players who peaked very early in their career Michael Owen came up Robbie Fowler came up even Kaká came up it it tends in those cases for the players who peak at 18, 19, 20 to have been injury that robs them of the latter stage of their careers some of them some of them yeah, yeah. some of them uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's very hard when you see great players doing what they do over a long period of time like Bobby Charlton for example did it for long, he wasn't the only one but he did it over a long period of time you're inclined to take it for granted, you know, because it it's very, very... The older you get, the harder the work it is. And I think what happens to a lot of lads... Now, sometimes injuries come into it, like Michael Owen, I think, was unfortunate. Uh, uh, one or two other players, Kaka, I think, got an injury. But there's lots of... It's a very fragile situation to maintain and have the ambition, uh, the will to do it for a long period of time. Because especially nowadays, the money comes into it. There's no doubt about that. You know, you got a player, like in Bobby Charlton's day, Bobby Charlton never made big money. Yeah. I don't think he was that bothered about it because he wanted to be a great player. But certainly, for any player, even Bobby, say Bobby at 25 was earning the money that the lads are earning today, he'd be a multi-millionaire. Now, when he got to 29, 30, where you have to work harder then than you do when you're younger, a lot of players say, well, no, no I've, I've done it now. and I can I've, go and spend my time with my family and, exactly. and yeah. look, manage my investments. Exactly, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a human, it's a human thing. You know, like, uh, I mean, I can only, again, go on my own experience. I moved to West Brom as player manager when I was 34, right? And I had two of the most enjoyable years I ever had in football at that particular time. But if I'd have been financially secure, yeah, I wouldn't have gone to West Brom. I was going back into second division. I was going as a player manager. I was moving house. I didn't know anybody in Birmingham, right? If I'd have been earning the money, I'd have been a multimillionaire by the time I was 34. Yeah. I don't think I would have gone. You would have just retired. And oh yeah, I said no. no I, I want that. that's that's it. Yeah, that's it now. So you know they say what mother is the necessity is the mother of invention. Mo- necessity is mother of invention. And like Bobby Charlton played, he was thirty-seven. 30. Bobby was still, uh, and now he might have done that even with the money today. But you see a lot of lads. Shearer stopped playing for the England team because he wanted to prolong his his uh, club career. That that never happened in my day. Uh, and it, like the, the the money is certainly is is a factor in lads. 
retiring or taking easy on themselves, you know? Maybe having the extra scoop of ice cream at dessert is... The uh, well, only thing is, you see, I, I found, yeah, playing football, if somebody said to me, often said to me, what, what, do you, what do you remember most about your career? I'd say hard work. It's very, very hard work. Now, it's enjoyable work, but it's hard work. And the older you get, the harder you have to work. You know, you're only as good as your last match. And it's an old saying, but it's a true one. The next one, no matter how many games you've played, it's the next one that counts. Supporters don't want to know about what you've done. And for your own satisfaction, you have to play well. You have to play well to, to maintain that standard. But it's, it gets harder and harder all the time. The two years at West Brom, what was so enjoyable about them? You said they were two of the most enjoyable well, years were, you had. They were, well, I was player manager, and it was very unusual to have player managers in those days. Uh, all my my people in football said I was mad. Uh, you know, it couldn't be done. You can't do that. And we got promotion in, in my first year, and we finished, I think, was seventh in the first division next year. And it was, they're, they're a really good club, they're a good, you know, family club, West Brom supporters. The supporters were very good to me. I didn't start off very well, and they were very patient. Uh, and it was great satisfaction in that. Yeah, it really was great satisfaction in that. So I, I had two, two great years uh, from personal satisfaction and enjoyment. Yeah. Talking about peaks, can you pinpoint the best peak season? My time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, can only, you can only pinpoint it when you're finished. My, my best time uh, definitely was, uh, for, a, for the best period, was from the Christmas of 71 to the end of the season, 70, to 71, 72 season, from Christmas on to 72. So about 18 months? No, no, six months. Sorry, just six months. Yeah, right. from, the, from the Christmas of 71 to the, to the summer of 72. That's when we were, we were in the running for, uh, we won the cup in 72 and uh, we needed a draw for the, in the last match of the season to win the double. And we played uh, terrific football. But I, obviously at that time, you don't know it's the peak of your career. You know, the next season I got a bit of an injury start. Next season, uh, and uh, I didn't play as, as well as consistently as that particular time. But it's only when you look back on it, you say, "God, that was like when I was seventy-two season finished." I was looking forward to the next season, yeah, to get better. You know, to get better. Uh, but you, you, you don't know until until you've actually finished. And what sticks in your mind about that being the peak? Is it is it the consistency of yeah, performance? Yeah, weekend? consistent performance, uh, feeling feeling good, playing in big, really big matches. We played in big matches uh, to, to go on and win the cup. We beat Arsenal in the final. Should have won. Should have won the league. We came from nowhere at Christmas to, to, during that particular spell. But it's only. I mean, it's only. I say it's only afterwards. But and and you're building up. I, I probably reached my peak. At around when I was about twenty eight, twenty nine, that's when I felt comfortable doing all the things that needed to be done for ninety minutes. Like when you're younger, you might be able to do it for seventy minutes. You might be able to, then you get to do it for eighty minutes. But to be comfortable in in knowing what you're doing, I was about twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, and you're at your physical powers as well. Kind of different for a central midfielder, maybe in that you have to boss the game. Whereas if you're yeah, well, you have, you have to learn your trade in a different way. I mean, scorers different trade, learning to. To, to, to play in midfield is, is, is a tra- different trade to a fullback, and you have to learn. Uh, like by the time I got older, you, you actually you don't waste any energy. Every step is calculated in relation to where the ball is, and you seem to be like when you've learned really learned your trade, you seem to be strolling around. Yeah. Now again, it's hard work doing that because it's, it's in any profession to make it look easy is actually very hard work. Uh, but you learn to try because you, you you learn from you should learn from matches to matches as you go go along. Every match you should learn something from. So obviously, the more matches you've played, then the better you should become. You know, there's an old saying in football: that some players they play for one year and they get ten years experience. So other players play for ten years and they get one year's experience. You know, some lads don't learn uh, 
from what they don't analyse their game. They just go and they play the next match. It's not it's almost as if they don't actually live the experience. No, they don't live it, and they can make the same mistakes the next match. Because if you don't live it, you make the same mistakes again. Can you in the next match? Can you make a, as a manager? Can you spot that in players and, and get them to change? Well, you, well, they, they can only, it's a gradual change. You can't get. It's not a dramatic change. Like, like I felt dealing with players, they had to know what they had to understand what you were on about. Yeah. You know, if they don't understand what you're on about, then there's no point in talk in talking about it. That's why they talk about like uh, uh, football intelligence. You know, you can say like I've dealt with lads, and you say, "Well, look, you should have been in that position," and say, "Yeah, I got that," and they do it. You know, other lads you could tell ten times it's not going to make any difference. You know, do you uh, wash your hands of those players more quickly yeah, after three times? Yeah, yeah <laughs> you give them three chances. <laughs> That's it. Well, what you have to do, you see, the reason I said I don't mean that in, a, in an arrogant way, but. If you're coaching and you're coaching well, you you reduce it to simplicity. In other words, you say to the player. In other words, if if you ever see a coach saying the players don't understand what I'm on about, that's the coach's fault, unless he's got really all bad players. But I felt dealing with players, football intelligence, you're telling the intelligent players like Paddy Mulligan, very intelligent, Mick Barton, who I had at West Brom, uh, Tony Brown, like you only had to tell them once, and, and he explained why. You know, you want Paddy Mulligan, and the reason I want you there, Paddy, is for that, that, and that. Yeah, I've got that, right? But if I had to tell another player, I had another player at West Brom as a fullback, you tell him three times. First time you say, yeah, I've got that. And then you do it again. Yeah, I've got that. You do it again. Do that got three times. Forget it. Do you just transfer them at that stage? Yeah. 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 You, when, can, you have to cut your losses and say, look, this is Well, you know, just, just think, well, just give up on them. Because you, you can't be giving your time to bad players. You, you want to be giving your time to good players then you have to make a judgement but I found if I t- tell a player three times he's, he's not going to be any good to me because I, could, I couldn't deal with brainless players yeah, to be honest I think um, I can fair enough really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> 53106 is the text number here John there's two other quick um, topics that I just wanted to get to before we, we put some of the, the comments to you um, Sergio Ramos got booked for kicking the ball away at the end of the game after Real Madrid had pretty much sealed their place in the Champions League semi-final with a 3-0 victory it was his second book and it looked deliberate as hell and it means that he's going to miss the next uh, game but be grand for the semi-finals they're getting criticism for this that um, this is a typical Mourinho tactic to get players who are on a booking get them out of the way yeah 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 yeah. I mean the, the rules are written down do you have sympathy with Mourinho and with the players saying look these are the rules this is the situation why would I risk missing the semi-final well, I would, yeah. I, 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 again, if you, he's not breaking the rules, yeah. I mean, he's he's he's, he's gone around them a little bit. Yeah, I heard now, um, Glenn Hoddle describe it as flexing, not bending the rules today. Yeah, I, I think if, if... I mean, I can look back now. I'm not in the game involved now, so it'd be very easy for me to say, well, I think that's wrong. But looking back, yeah, I probably would have done it and wouldn't have thought anything wrong about it when I was playing. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't actually broken anybody's leg or anything like that. You know, he's 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 got booked, and he's going to play in the semi-final. Where maybe he wouldn't be playing in the semi-final. Um, so I can understand it. And when you're older than that, you could say, "Well, that's not the right thing to do." But looking back, when I was playing, I probably I probably would have done the same thing. The rule is two bookings, and uh, you miss a game, which is seems kind of harsh because it's two bookings over a number of games. Yeah, I think in the in the big championships, whether well, the European Champions or the World Cup, uh, my take on it is, uh, it, I think it's very unfair on the players, some of them, when they go to the semi-final because they've obviously played more matches than anybody else. I think they should start from scratch after the the qualifying 
rounds. You only played four teams, isn't it? Same yeah. World Cup and European Champions. I think after that, they've played four or five matches at that particular stage, haven't they, to qualify? And I think it should be you should start from scratch from there because you're playing more matches than anybody else. Uh, and I think it's unfair. And that's got the semi final. They played through the the qualifying grounds, reached the semi final, and it, the, very difficult for some players, defenders particularly, not to get two bookings. Yeah. Okay. And they miss a World Cup in that, you know. Yeah, and the 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 punishment for a, a measly yellow is missing one of the biggest games of your life. Nowadays, I mean, they can be booked. You know, a yellow card now is it's it's not difficult to get a yellow card. Yeah. All right, John, staying with us. We've got a load of text to get through. We're going to get to them after these. Off the ball on Newstalk 106 to 108. Okay, a lot of questions in for John. Two Leeds ones to start with um, from Stephen. He wants to know who would you like to see as the new Leeds United manager? Would Martin Neil be a good choice? And then Tony from Port Marnock says, Will you ask John, is he glad Neil Warnock has left Leeds? Well, I'll answer, answer the second one. I'm not sorry he's left. I, I, never, I never fancied Warnock. I always thought he was too loud. And I don't, and he wouldn't have been popular at Leeds anyway. Having, and I'm not saying he's, it's fault for that because he was at Sheffield United, which is a local club, fairly local club anyway. Uh, and he was, not, and, and fans don't like ex-managers yeah. from local clubs coming in. But I, I always found him very loud and getting on about referees and always moaning and groaning and that. Who would I like to be the next manager? Mourinho. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if Martin. I don't know if Martin will be interested in going back into management. Yeah, I, I, I think if I had a choice, I'd put Martin O'Neill in. But I'm not so sure that he'd he'd want to do it. Now. Do you think the Sunderland experience is going to be scarring for him? I think it will. I think was he 61 now, 62? Yeah, Martin, and I, I think he was very harshly treated at Sunderland, um, and it might sour him. I'd say it might sour him. Okay, uh, Aidan says an obvious offside goal in the Paris Saint-Germain-Barcelona game. Is it time to introduce some kind of challenge system like they have in cricket or in tennis? Well, you could. Uh, I mean, they keep changing the rules on, over the years on, on offside, yeah. And I think the, 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 the latest set of rules have made it more complicated. It hasn't, it hasn't uh, simplified it in any way. I don't know what's happening sometimes with the rule. I mean, we saw Bayern Munich the other night. Remember the, yeah. there was a shot that the Buffon parried it? And then the fellow who was in an offside position... But you know, you don't know. Well, was he in play? Was he not in play? But the fact is, he got an advantage, and it was it was allowed. Yeah. So it's very very hard to follow the rules. Very very difficult. Yeah. Maybe simplifying the rules, and then you can start debating about whether or not there should be a challenge system after that. Like it would slow down the game. I don't know if that's. I think it would. I think the the offside rule. I think the ball over the line. Tech, I'm I'm in favour of technology in football, particularly for is the ball over the line, uh, is is the foul inside the penalty box. Is the guy offside? Well, it, it's it's so complicated. By the time they, they work it out, it might be somebody else's opinion that it is. I, I wouldn't mind giving it a go. Yeah. Anything that helps to 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 get the right decision um, would, would would definitely be worth a go. Uh, hi, John. With the huge influx of foreign players, do you think if the current crop of Irish players were playing back in the nineteen eighties and nineteen nineties, would they be playing for the top teams? Well, they'd have a better chance to do so, um, but. You know, if you go back in, 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 to the old days, see, I, see, there's less players coming into the game, yeah, and it's definitely been known over the years with managers. All the managers want to sign home-based players, but they're not getting the value, and they have to go abroad and they have to compete and they have to get into the Champions League and all the various things. So I don't think, like, if you've got an outstanding player, home player, homegrown player, whether it be English, Irish, Scottish, or Welsh, the, the manager's only too pleased to put them in. Yeah. That so, that crop of players from Euro '88 and Italia '90, oh, though, yeah. they, well, they would they would oh, they would world class players. If again, if you go back on the players we had, you know, Dennis Irwin, 
the five centre halves I mentioned before. Yeah. Roy Keane came into it. Uh, Ray Houghton, Andy Townsend, Sheedy, uh, John Aldridge, Ronnie Whelan, Ronnie Whelan, uh, Niall Quinn, Cascarino, you know, Frank Stapleton. We had a terrific, uh, terrific squad of players that would would be they'd be in playing for those the top four teams, no doubt about that. Well, they were, I think, at the time, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. A lot of them were at that time. Uh, John Fitz in Cork says John was dismissive of Beckham on TV last night given that Beckham launched two attacks that created good chances and his delivery from corners and free kicks also created two chances could John explain how Beckham sitting in front of the back four is any different from Pirlo's role for Juventus and Italy well I don't think Pirlo sits in front of the back four he gets a lot of balls from the back four but he's actually up for Beckham last night almost stayed at the back four and don't forget there's, there's two, two jobs to do when you haven't got the ball you've got to be able to get near he couldn't get near any of the Barcelona players now he is a good distributor of the ball he'll never lose that but his contribution actually in in, in the match uh, was 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 virtually nil. I think I don't think he's made a good contribution at all. He never got a, one tackle he made. It was a foul. Never got near the Barcelona players in the middle of the field. And 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 even when he was younger, he could never do that anyway. Yeah, that Jack. wasn't part of his game really. No, he could never he could never do that. So I I, I no I, I thought his, his contribution last night was 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 very very small. It was also noticeable that once they replaced him, they got far more energetic in midfield and could begin yeah, he to can't press do a bit. it. He can't do it. He never could do it around the middle of the field. Beckham's best position was definitely on the right wing in that very good Manchester United team, and he was a very, very good player. But he, he was never a, a, a genuine midfield player to do what Pirlo... Pirlo can dictate the game, and he has done. Beckham can't, couldn't dictate the game. He'll hit, he will hit a few, which he did, good long passes, and he, he, for, for dead balls, he's, he's, he's always been good. But that's, that's a relatively small contribution in a match where he's a midfield player and should be making a, a much larger contribution than he did or is capable of doing yeah. I think TC wants to know does John think that Martin O'Neill missed out having uh, not having John Robertson with him at Sunderland similar to Clough not succeeding without Pete Taylor it could well be Jeff. you don't know what happens in the dressing room um, but John Robertson was with him I think in all the clubs where he's been and he didn't go to Sunderland with him so uh, it, I don't know it's hard to know what influence anybody has on the team uh, but it could well be that his influence was very very big and Martin would miss him at Sunderland. The assumption is that he was doing something, that he wouldn't well, have been there in the first have, yeah, place. Yeah, he wouldn't have been there in the first place. He wouldn't have taken, taken him with him. Yeah. Uh, Dave says, speaking of great young talents whose career suffered due to injury, can you ask John how he rated Jamie Redknapp on the pitch? I thought Jamie was a very good player. Very good player. He was, he was a genuine midfield player who could distribute the ball very well. Um, he wasn't very quick. He could, have, he could have done with a little bit more pace around the middle of the field to get away from people. But his distribution was good. I think he had a good knowledge of the game. His positional chance was good. And I think he was unfortunate, very unfortunate to have the, the, the amount of injuries he had. Yeah, he's the type of player that most clubs now would really like to have on their team. Well, there's not many of them around, Jerry. Like, if you look at the, the, the creative uh, home-based players, like I'm talking about England and Scotland and Wales, uh, in England, there's only Wilshire in the last, what, probably 10 years. You know, Gascoigne is the last creative player that, that's been produced in in the uh, home countries. Yeah, and I keep referring, well, including us as part of the 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 the, 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 the countries, those countries. All right, John. Thanks very much. Okay, Jack. Thank all, you. All the Texans are looking forward to seeing you next week in the Mercantile, as as are we. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have a good night. Thanks for listening to this News Talk One Hundred Six to One Hundred Eight podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.